Are you trying to conceive? When you're in the process of baby making, you don't want to take a prenatal that's designed for a woman who's pregnant. They get expensive and have ingredients you don't need quite yet. Theranatal Core is a prenatal focused on women who are trying to conceive. It contains the active form of folic acid, folate, as well as 2,000 IUs of vitamin D. Also, it doesn't have any expensive ingredients that you don't need until you're pregnant. Theralogix's prenatal, Theranatal Core, is especially for women with PCOS who are in the process of baby making. Check the link in the description for our 15% off code. Alright babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath, and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth please so I can give you a serving. Ah. Uh... Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. Doctor said you got PCOS, now go on girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna put them wrong and take control of yourself. Join a sister and a Welcome everybody to another episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Today we have Megan Joyce. She is the lead acupuncturist and founder of Joyce Wellness. She naturally reversed her own infertility due to PCOS and as a result has two children who are her pride and joy. Megan believes the most powerful form of healing is achieved by addressing the person on energy level, sorry, addressing the person on every level mind, body, and spirit. She graduated Sama Cum Laude from Emperor's College of Oriental Medicine and received advanced training in gynecology and internal medicine at the Zhejiang University in Hangzhou, China. She is a fellow of the American Board of Reproductive Medicine and has helped hundreds of individuals and couples to grow their families. She works closely with doulas, midwives, and OBGYNs to provide integrative prenatal and postpartum care. Welcome, Megan. Yes, welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, we're, we're so happy to have you, especially someone with your expertise. And we've heard like of acupuncture having so many benefits. And one thing that we've heard constantly, and especially I, I heard this from Talin with her experience, was how much it helped with regulating her periods. I mean, I, I know we're going to really get into acupuncture today, but um, I guess let's start with, can, could you share your PCOS journey with us and what led you, what led you to acupuncture? I would love to. Um, I think my my journey hasn't necessarily been unique. I think a lot of sisters um, start off with a lot of confusion, right? I um, When I was in high school and in college, I just was suffering. I was dealing with regular panic attacks and really severe depression. I had um, irregular periods or um, or or no periods, missing periods for months or even years at a time. Um, 
I had really severe acne. I really battled with my weight. And so I was going to all of these different specialists. I went to a psychiatrist who put me on so many different medications Mm -hmm. and everything just made me feel worse or the side effects, the effect of the medication would be even worse than the anxiety. It would make me feel dead to the world. Um, And I saw my OBGYN who said, okay, you know, you, we just, you have, you're one of the people who has irregular periods. You just need to go on the pill. And so I did. And I tried multiple different pills, ended up with a terrible clotting disorder, which was terrifying. I passed a tennis ball, TMI, but tennis ball size clot in the middle of a calculus final. I I was dying. Um, and so it really wasn't until I was 22 and I finally saw an endocrinologist who diagnosed me with PCOS Mm. and she said, you know, look like this is something you're going to have for the rest of your life. Um, the only option is to go on birth control at that time. Metformin wasn't even really, Oh, this was over 20 years ago. So metformin wasn't even really discovered yet for PCOS. Um, and she said, and when you're ready, you know, you won't be able to conceive children on your own. So when you're ready, we'll just go to IVF or fertility treatments. And I was devastated mm-hmm. and so terrified. And I have a little bit of a rebellious spirit. And so I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I want to, I want to do something else. And by that point I had already switched from a pre-med major to a um, biopsychology major mm-hmm. and had already started doing acupuncture and, um, just receiving it as a patient. And I noticed that my period started coming more regularly and it had been a couple months since my last panic attack. And so at that point I totally switched gears and ended up going to um, Emperor's College for traditional oriental medicine or traditional Chinese medicine and study study holistic medicine. And so um, for me, it was really empowering um, it was confusing for a long time because I didn't have a lot of guidance, but um, but I really changed my entire life, not only in terms of career, but in terms of how I was able to engage with my body in a way w- that I didn't feel um, burdened by my body. I didn't feel imprisoned by this body that was making me sick. Like I really learned how to utilize PCOS as a way of moving forward and facilitating yeah. health and peace. So yeah, I'm, I it ended up being a blessing in disguise. Yeah. That's I amazing. That. To hear. I mean, Eastern medicine does have a different, it combines a lot of different um, uh, ways to like, you know, help with your health that sometimes Western medicine doesn't really look into, you know, like a lot of diet lifestyle approaches, a lot of, you know, herbal medicine, a lot of these things that I believe, you know, West Western medicine overlooks sometimes and more, it goes towards more, you know, prescriptions and things like that. So I really, I liked, I, I love how you studied more of that approach to help the Eastern medicine approach to really help with health. You know, what, an interesting factoid is that, you know, this medicine is three to 5,000 years old. We're not exactly sure. Exactly, yeah. um, but in, you know, in the olden days, um, the physicians were only paid as long as their patients were well. If the patients got sick, then that was kind of considered a failure and they had to use interventions. And so what did they do to keep their patients sick? They used the three pillars of health, which are movement. So exercise and different energy uh, movements like Qigong or Tai Chi. Mm -hmm. They used nutrition which is, I think the foundation of everything and the meditation. And so those were the the three pillars to keep people healthy. And then if someone got sick, then we had these other interventions like acupuncture, herbal medicine, um, and then 
you know, throughout the generations, it's evolved to also include, now I utilize a lot of supplements and I utilize a lot of um, Western testing to kind of see what's going on, but then holistic approach to treat it. Yeah. I mean, those three things sound simple too, but to like be really good at movement, be really good at diet, and then be really good at with meditation. If you can do all three, I feel like you be most people would be super healthy just overall as a being, you know, but of course, you know, life gets more complicated. Sometimes we can't meditate, we can't move as much as we want to, but just to, I feel just to um, encapsulate those three things into your life as much as possible can really help. Absolutely. And it can't be perfect. I mean, we do live in a very complicated world where there's just a barrage of overstimulation and a lot of stress and a lot of toxins in our environment and toxins in our food. And if we worried about everything and tried to be perfect about everything, then we would stop before we even start. So mm-hmm. I, I really take a very gentle approach um, and try to just meet each person where he or she is at and really just make incremental changes so that it feels good rather than overwhelming. Yeah. 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 Well, acupuncture being one of those amazing lifestyle changes. Let's launch into that. So a lot of the women listening right now maybe haven't tried acupuncture and are probably intimidated by it like I was when I um, was looking into it before I had started. And so my questions before I started acupuncture were typically, does it hurt? What is it? How does it help? Like, can you demystify yeah. acupuncture for and, our audience? Yeah. And I think most people like, like, the, like the lay person uh, may think, oh, just it's be needles going into the skin, right? Like that's what most people picture in their minds, but we love to really know uh, like what's like, what more is happening and stuff. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I think that the, um, to answer your first question, does it hurt? No, acupuncture does not hurt. The needles that we use really shouldn't be called needles. My husband's like, you guys need to rebrand them as stimulators. (laughs) Good point because they're really tiny surgical steel at disposable. So it's very, very safe Mm -hmm. needles or probes or stimulators, um, but they're about the thickness of a hair on your head. So, um, you know, the needles that we know of in terms of injections or blood draws, we can fit usually about 10 of our needles inside just the little tiny hole within a hypodermic needle. So they're tiny and what they're doing Well, to explain what they're doing, I might back up a little bit just to give a little bit of the basics of Chinese medicine, which is that, you know, thousands of years ago, they're trying to figure out, okay, well, what's going on when someone gets sick? And um, what they noticed was that, um, you know, they noticed that our bodies are really governed by energy. And so the energy is what connects all of our organ systems. It's what connects the different parts of the body. And so usually if things go awry, the way that we could adjust that is by adjusting the energy between the different organ systems, because everything has to work harmoniously. Mm -hmm. And so if the energy either gets stuck or if it's too deficient, or if it's moving in a way that it's not supposed to, then they wanted to address that. And so what's a great conductor of energy? Well, metal. So they would use these tiny, well, at the time, actually, they weren't that tiny, but now we use these tiny little um, little needles that are electroconductors of energy, and it mm-hmm. helps to move that energy so that it can allow that communication between the different organ systems. Um, it allows that free flow of chi. Chi is mm-hmm. the, the term for energy that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the explanation e- 
thousands of years ago and it stood the test of time. Well, why? So now with um, functional MRIs and PET scans, we now know that it's working on the nervous system by um, upregulating the parasympathetic nervous system or the like rest, digest and reproduce response. Um, it helps to lower inflammatory cytokines. Mm -hmm. It helps to create a pain relieving response through what's called like the gate reflex where um, the brain kind of gets um, stimulated to, to create more endogenous opioids, our natural painkillers, uh, and block the pain sensations going to the brain. Mm. Um, it helps to improve blood circulation. It helps to improve metabolic activity. So these are all things as far as PCOS is concerned, these are all really beneficial for supporting general health, right? Mm. Um, but then there's also great studies um, over the years. There's a lot of specific studies for PCOS about what more specifically acupuncture can do. So we can help specifically with improved blood flow to the ovaries and to the uterus. Um, we can help to reduce circulating, circulating andro androgens, so the male factor hormones like testosterone and DHEAS. Um, we can, uh, it helps to reduce sort of the um, pro-clotting uh, behavior in, in women who have PCOS. So that, that happens by reducing fibrinogen and different um, enzymes that are involved in clotting and excessive blood clotting. Um, so there's a lot of different things that are very specific, like the general support of someone yeah. with PCOS, but then also very, very specific to someone who has PCOS as well. Yeah, it's me. I'd say especially blood sugar control too, to yeah. add that in, yeah. because I remember having a lot of insulin resistance and going to acupuncture and that really helping with blood sugar control. And then as a result of all of these great hormonal health, it, health things that it can help with, it helped me lose weight too. It improved my metabolism and like promoted weight loss with PCOS. I remember you, you used to tell me too, how it was helping with the like period cramps and like bloating and yeah. things like, even <clears throat> if you were like a few days late, just going to acupuncture would just like help bring it on the next day or exactly. that same day, the next day. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's, what's kind of cool is that we can work both with the, like the macro view of the body, helping with all these general things that help to support the body to work and to heal itself. But then also by sort of ma manipulating certain hormones, we can help to, um, we can help to bring on a cycle. If someone is late, we can help to induce ovulation with certain uh, protocols. Um, definitely blood sugar control. And then also when people get pregnant, we also do um, specific protocols to support um, fertility, fertility treatments when patients are doing that, but then also in pregnancy, helping to reduce rates of miscarriage onto when they're ready to have their baby to help induce labor. So yeah. um, it, there are a lot of really specific things that can be so helpful. Yeah. So where you place the needles change. Well, when I went, it was different every time. It just like depended. Sometimes it was a front treatment. Sometimes I'd lay on my front and it was a back treatment. How do you know, like where to place the needles and like how that's going to affect what hormone? I mean, I'm sure you studied all of this, but can you break yeah. some of it down for us? Like Sometimes it's like more, she, she would put like more all, all over my head or more all over my ovaries, like, or on my feet. I don't know. 
So the, the way that I work in most acupuncturists is that we, when we do an evaluation, we kind of figure out what your base constitution is. Areas that your body is naturally weaker or areas where your body naturally stores excess. And so usually there will be a couple points that we will do to address that constitution at every single treatment. Now we have hundreds of points on the body. So we could say, for example, if we're doing points to support blood sugar control, there are points on the front of the body that we could do to do that. And there's points on the back of the body that we could use to address that. And so depending on where you are in your cycle, what acute triggers are going on, if you've been dealing with maybe an acute cold, um, or you have an incredible amount of stress that you're under right now, or you strained your back while lifting something too heavy. Mm. We want to be able to do um, constitutional change and support, but also address where your body is at today or this week. And so we'll address we'll adjust the, the points that we use. So for example, um, you mentioned like a lot of points on the head. Well, one can imagine that um, the points on the head are probably going to have more to do with psychoemotional relief or things like headaches, things that are, or sinus pressure, things that are going on a little bit more in the head. Um, one of the areas that is different though, in the head is the ear, which is a, a microsystem for the whole body. So, and there are certain forms of acupuncture where people won't do any acupuncture points in any part of the body because you can literally treat every single organ, every single limb every single part of the body just using the ear wow um, and that's called auricular acupuncture um, and that's used wow. a lot more in emergency settings so um, detox or rehabilitation clinics um, it's used in battlefields so for for warriors in you know in war who um, are needing some immediate relief for some sort of injury um, and so that's, that's kind of fascinating. I think that the whole, the whole body can be influenced just by the ear because the vasovagal nerve, which connects the entire body basically is, it innervates the entire ear. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Pretty because cool. my friend had vasovagal like overstimulation and she kept fainting from like anxiety or I don't know, it would like randomly happen. And so she would have to really focus on de-stressing and being calm, but I didn't know it was an ear thing. <laughs> well, so it's not necessarily an ear thing because the vasovagal nerve is throughout the entire body. But for her, if, if I was treating her, not only would we do regular acupuncture, but I would do acupuncture in her ear. And then there's also things called ear seeds, which are um, either little, little seeds or little gold balls or stainless steel balls that are on a tiny clear adhesive, like a band-aid, basically. And so we can stimulate these different points to regulate for long periods of time. You can wear them for up to five days after a treatment. And so then that's giving a little bit of like low dose acupuncture for an extended period of time using the ear. Mm. Oh, wow. Because wow. it's metal. So it, it makes like energy. Yes. And um, with acupuncture, you've probably heard of acupressure. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that these specific points on the body have specific energetic properties. And so we can activate it through acupuncture with the needles or just with pressure. And so we can use, you know, our hands or we can use an acupressure tool, or in this case, just the pressure of the little ball or seed on the area can uh, stimulate the same effect. 
Wow. Uh, very, very interesting. I'm so into this. We are coming oh. next week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it is very similar to integrative, integrative medicine. I always say this. Integrative. Way. Integrative medicine, because, you know, with that, it's very clear that different organs, different muscles in the body affect other organs, other muscles in the body. You know, like if one organ is not healthy, it's going to affect other organs down the line. And it, it sounds very similar to your explanation of how, you know, the ear is affecting energy levels throughout the body. So it's very, very interesting. I, I hope um, we get we get to try this very soon yeah. and see for myself. But I mean, t- uh, talking about how you um, how you treat differently. Like, So when a patient with PCOS walks in. Um, what, what would be your main focus during the treatment and like, how do you go about it? And like, what are the, what are some of the benefits that person would see, you know, after a day or so of that treatment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if I was doing an, an, a new patient visit with someone with PCOS, we would spend a lot of time talking. I mean, mm. just going through their whole medical history, any traumas, um, what kind of symptoms they have, um, what lab testing has been done. Um, I get a really full picture and I'm going to be looking at things um, both on the physical body, but also on the mental, emotional body. So like I said, um, either previous traumas or current stressors, because I really want to have an idea of where she is at at the current moment. Yeah. All these things get taken into account. Um, we would then do something that's very unique to Chinese medicine. A part of our diagnosis is to look at the tongue. And oh. so we look at the color of the tongue. We look at the consistency of the coating on the tongue. We look at all of these different factors and it can tell us a wealth of information about how digestion is functioning, mm-hmm. what's going on with hormones. Um, it's you know a muscle that we can actually look at. And yeah. so we can see how blood and body fluids are perfusing the muscles in the body. So I'll take a, a really detailed notes about how the tongue looks. And then I'll also feel her pulse. Um, and pulse diagnosis is different than in Western medicine because usually we just pay attention to the rate. Is it fast? Is it slow? Is it skipping beats? Um, but we actually do very detailed pulse diagnosis where we're looking at three different locations on each wrist in three different places, three different depths. And it tells us different things about how, the different organ systems in the body, that how chi or energy is circulating through those different organ systems, and then also the level of blood and, and fluids. And so I'll do a really detailed pulse diagnosis, take good notes. And then um, depending on their comfort level, we'll do, I'll do like a little um, demonstration if someone is really kind of nervous about needles. Um, And then uh, they'll get to lay down. We have really soothing music. It's very much like a spa experience. Do a few needles and then they get to take a nap for 20 to 30 minutes, <laughs> the needles in, we call it cooking. And this is the <laughs> time that it takes for an entire circulation of energy throughout the body. It's approximately 28 minutes. And so during that time, people usually fall into a deep sleep. I will often come in and people will be snoring. <laughs> and it, it, it creates a really deeply meditative state, which allows for deep rest a strong um, increase of that parasympathetic nervous system, like I mentioned, and then also that anti-inflammatory response, a really regulation and a communication between the different organ systems. Wow. And so usually once I come in and I um, I pull the needles, um, people are like relaxed. 
Yeah. And we'll walk out what we call ac- getting accu-stoned. It's like so <laughs> cool. I feel um, relaxed just listening to this. Like I feel I can so I can picture right myself now. in the dark I'll with things inside me, and I and then I wake up with it. I'm like, oh, I I already feel relieved hearing the process. It's it is deeply relaxing, and I think that that's what people don't understand is they think it's going to be painful. They think it's something that they're going to have to like suffer through for the benefit and it's the exact opposite it's really Mm -hmm. really restorative and we try to also meet each person where they're at so if someone has no issues with the needles they're feeling great we might use more needles someone is a little bit nervous i might start with only four points in a treatment let Mm -hmm. them be comfortable it's enough to um to see the effect get some benefit but also um just give like the psyche and the intellect a little time to catch up with what's happening. Yeah. I would feel like I went to heaven and came back like during (laughs) the appointment and like, I'll never forget the way I would fall asleep or not like I wouldn't um, fall into like a deep slumber. It was like a half sleep, half awake type of thing, but like floating on a cloud in heaven type of thing. Like it's We call it an alpha state. It's a different level of consciousness that is, very meditative and also very healing. And so sometimes people will get these really beautiful images or visuals and and they'll have like a moment of reflection that will be like an aha moment. Like, oh, this is what I'm doing wrong at work. Or, oh, this is something that I've been having. You know, this is an issue that has been a problem with my husband and I'm now seeing kind of a way forward or a way to talk to him about it. Um, And so it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's very much a mind body medicine in that way. Yeah. And wouldn't you agree that the first time isn't always like that, like we've explained, because I felt like it was the second or third appointment that really got me on the cloud, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, stone or whatever. (laughs) So the, one of the things that I like to liken it to is, um, diet and exercise, or let's just, let's just say exercise. So if you were to decide like, okay, I want to go on a weight loss plan, or I'm trying to be more healthy. I'm going to, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to exercise one time. And then the next morning you go on the scale and you're like, it didn't work. I didn't lose weight. It's something that is cumulative because one, um, it's a very gentle approach. We're not using a, like a, a medication that is taking over your physiology. We're gently supporting the body's natural physiology and then, yeah. and the body's natural desire to heal. I really believe in that. Yeah. Um, and two, it's synergistic. So the, the treatments build off of each other. And so often, um, you know, it's not that often that someone will fall asleep the first time. Um, usually it's like after the, you know, third, fifth time, 10th time, and they're getting into these deep meditative states. And that's also Mm. when the real shift starts to happen. Yeah. And also I'm sure the first time you're a little bit tense, you're not, you're not as comfortable because, you know, change is weird and it's kind of scary. And so I can like people are more in their head. Yeah, I can I can almost relate it to a floating a float tank. You know, like those um water tanks you go in in the dark and you oh, float inside. Because we did the first time we did it, <laughs> it was them. like really hard to relax. The first it was it's one hour. It was so hard to relax the first like fifty five minutes, and then the last five minutes was amazing, like yeah. very relaxed. Yeah. And so the next time you go, you like you start being relaxed from the get go and just like knowing how to get into it and be comfortable. So I'm sure it's similar too. Yeah. yeah we stop getting in our own way you know the brain is a wonderful powerful tool but it also it will get in our way and so 
sometimes we need to get really comfortable before the brain will turn off and we can just be in an experience and really benefit from it. Yeah. Amazing. Afterwards, it almost felt like the problems that I had before the acupuncture session were distant and like the anxieties were like, well, it's not that bad anymore. You know, like it was an amazing mindset shift of anxiety, of restructuring your mindset around something that can trigger anxiety and just feeling like it's 10 feet away instead of right in front of you. And you're like, yeah. Eh not a big deal. And sometimes the, I think the experiences that people have can be surprising. So the first time when I, when I first tried acupuncture, I was still in pre-med. I wanted to be an OBGYN. I was very clinically and Western medically minded. Mm-hmm. And so I was dubious. Um, and my mother, bless her, was like, just try, just try it. And so I had actually been studying for a final and, um, was so stressed and I slept on my neck wrong and I woke up and I could not move my neck. And so I got in with an acupuncturist to treat this neck pain Mm -hmm. and I burst into tears on the table. I just burst into tears and I cried probably for 20 minutes on the table. And it was just this relief of all of this emotional, you know, stuff going on in my personal life. I was in the finals and it was just this release. And I walked out of there and I was like, whoa, I was not expecting that. And that's also one of the things that I love about this is that sometimes it works in ways that you're not expecting. Like Mm -hmm. you go in just expecting to regulate your periods or to help with hormone dysregulation due to PCOS, but then it also creates these other benefits. Like all of a sudden you realize, oh, wow, I didn't even realize I was having daily headaches. Yeah. Great. And now they're just gone. And now I realize, or I didn't realize how bad my sugar cravings were. And now I just like, I, you know, I haven't even really been thinking about it. Yeah. So that's, um, that's a really fun part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Releasing the tension that's building up day after day that you don't even see like from work, from school, it just builds up. And then one day you go like you did, and then you just like release it all. You cry and it feels good. Yeah, it does. There was one time where I went And I was super stressed out, like the most stressed I'd ever been. And it, I actually like, it relaxed me. And that relaxation feeling was so unfamiliar to me at that moment, because I had been so stressed out for so long that it, I felt like I was going to (laughs) die because I was like (laughs) relaxing. Finally, you know, that feeling, I don't know. Like my mom said it happened to her too. And this was around the time we were wedding planning. (laughs) Oh, which is so stressful. We were like, we thought we were going to die on the table. Oh <laughs> like, my God. We both told each other this after the appointment, but it wasn't because like it triggered anxiety. It was because it relaxed us and we were already so high up on the stress level. That's hilarious. <laughs> we get used to it. We get used to it. And then anything else can feel so uncomfortable because it's different. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I get that. I get that. So uh, before we before we uh, finish up, I just wanted to ask, how can other people find you to work with you one on one or um, uh, maybe find you online? Do you have any resources for people to share you? Uh, sorry, to um, to find you at? Yes, of course. Um, so my website is uh, JoyceWellness.com. My last name, J-O-Y-C-E, wellness.com. Um, and I'm on Instagram at Joyce Wellness Group. Um Facebook is Joyce Wellness. And um, yeah, we, we are currently doing a combination of in-person treatment um, for acupuncture, but then also because Chinese medicine incorporates so many other things like herbal medicine, supplements, yeah. helping to support 
things like what you guys are doing with um, a, a gluten-free and dairy-free lifestyle. I mean, it's, that's hard for, for some people to do, but it is, um, it is transformative. And like yeah. I said, it's part of the three pillars of health. So that piece is really huge. And so I, I help coach people through that as well. Um, and so that can also be done via telemedicine. COVID. Is that Amazing. something you talk about with your patients as well, going gluten and dairy free? Yes. Okay. So diet is a huge part of my, uh, is a huge part of my practice. And I, I mm -hmm. have a couple different pieces of that puzzle. Um, I'm, I'm a really big advocate for cycle syncing. So choosing different types of foods at different phases of the cycle to get mm -hmm. the micronutrients that you need for your menstrual phase, your follicular phase, which is before ovulation, ovulatory, and then the luteal phase, which would be after ovulation. Um, so I, I, I do, I do that work with patients. Mm -hmm. um, I, yes, gluten and dairy free is, is huge. Um, both for blood sugar regulation, also for the anti-inflammatory properties. Mm -hmm. You know, we, in Chinese medicine, if, if you come in with PCOS, that is in the back of our head, but we're still doing a holistic diagnosis. And so five different women with PCOS could have completely different constitutional diagnoses. And yep. so I tailor the nutritional guidance to each person, but most of them, if they can go gluten and dairy free, I really, really push it because for all of those different body types and constitutional types, gluten and dairy are typically going to be triggers. And mm -hmm. so it's going to be so much harder. We can do all the acupuncture in the world. You might see some improvements, but you're really not going to see the transformative change until the nutrition is there. Um, and I will say, because I know you guys are all very strictly gluten and dairy free for the people who are maybe struggling, because I, I do work with um, a lot of women who have histories of eating disorders. I battled with eating disorders through my teens and twenties. And so sometimes if I go too big into restriction in the beginning, it can feel yeah. very triggering. And so one of the things that I have found to be uh, a good, like kind of way to cut corners in the beginning, if you're really struggling is to at least cut out cow dairy, but mm -hmm. keep in a little bit of sheep or goat milk dairy that mm -hmm. can make the transition a little bit less triggering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for those that might be struggling going full way. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's a big part of our practice. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a registered dietitian. So when patients came, when I did one-on-one, -on -one, I wouldn't suggest it for every single patient because if you do have an eating disorder, it might not be for you. And just given the nature of our brands and how we're on Instagram and stuff, we can't filter who's following us. So, you know, if someone is struggling with an eating disorder, they should get one-on-one -on -one attention. And that's yeah. great that you ease them into it. Yeah. That's basically how, how we like to do it to like uh, ease into gluten-free first or dairy-free first. And if you're doing one or the other, you know, do it one day at a time with specific meals instead of like trying to, you know, jump into it um, all at once. So definitely. Yeah, because some people can do it and other people yeah. are so overwhelming that then they just stop before they even get started. Yeah. And that's, that's one of my biggest um, passion projects is not making health and wellness so overwhelming or so perfect yeah. and not accessible to everybody. So I really believe that we can kind of meet each, each person where he or she is at. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, do you have a protocol for um, helping with adrenal fatigue? Because I feel like in my early 20s, I really like just, 
used up my adrenal glands because of co- like drinking so much coffee and stuff in, ba- in my early 20s. So I was just wondering, like, in the future, if I could help heal that up. Absolutely. So, you know, in Chinese mes- medicine, we would never call it adrenal fatigue. Mm. Um, we would see it, we would call it liver chi stagnation, or we have a very different vocabulary in Chinese medicine, but it okay. all means something in Western medicine. Yeah. Um, I also have, um, I've also, I'm actually finishing my certification for functional medicine through the Kalish Institute. Oh, and nice. really we, the first thing that we look at with patients is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So the HPA axis, which mm. a lot of people call adrenal fatigue, but there's different stages. So sometimes you're in fatigue, but sometimes your cortisol levels are just through the roof. So that's not yet fatigued. Yeah. So that is a big part of the way that we work. Um, and if, you know, because it's once again, customized, each person is at a different level of HPA dysregulation. But if there were certain things that I would recommend that would work for everyone, um, consistency is really great. If your adrenals are dysregulated, those would be patients who would not be a good fit for things like intermittent fasting, Mm. where there's irregularity in your, in your eating. You want to be eating more regular meals, sleeping at the same time earlier in the evening is better. So, you know, like 10 to six, 10 to seven, um, not changing the times that you wake up. And then the other thing that is so amazing is just getting early morning sunshine. Mm. And so um, I think one of your previous uh, guests, Dr. Gersh, he talked about this a lot in more detail, but um, without going into the detail of the light receptors in the eye, just if if, if someone is recognizing that they're feeling that wired and tired, they're stressed, but exhausted, and then can't sleep at night. That's classic signs of HPA dysregulation. And so limiting the caffeine, regulating everything you can, sleeping, eating, Mm -hmm. exercise, Mm -hmm. um, and then turning off, uh, you know, any sort of screens a couple hours before you go to sleep. And then first thing in the morning, get outside, do a five minute meditation. You want as much of your body to be exposed to sunlight um, to get that vitamin D. Um, But just first thing in the morning, because when you wake up, your cortisol is supposed to peak within about 30 minutes. And then it's supposed to gradually decrease throughout the day so that it's nice and low when it's time for bed. Yeah. And what ends up happening is that people are either like skyrocketing first thing in the morning because they're getting on their phones and they're getting an email that sends them into fight or flight at seven o'clock in the morning, or they're just dragging because their cortisol never really peaks appropriately and then stays kind of the same level so that then at nighttime when it's supposed to be nice and low, it's still at the same level. Mm. So you have too much cortisol circulating at that point. So you can't get good restful sleep. Amazing information. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. And we, we talk about um, like the four types of PCOS, you know, we talk about uh, inflammation, insulin resistance, adrenal fatigue, hyperthyroidism. And we just, during this episode, we just talked about all the different ways acupuncture could help with all those types. So absolutely. Yeah. It's really, really information. I think for the sisters listening, if you have any one of those types, you know, and you're struggling to like reverse those symptoms, going to an acu- acupuncture, like, like Megan uh, can really help. And yeah, I mean, this was amazing. Yes. I can't wait to schedule an appointment. Your office is in Costa Mesa, right? Costa Mesa. Yes. Perfect. 
Perfect. And then just if you could one more time, um, share with us where people can reach you. I'm going to, we're going to put it in the podcast description. So anyone interested, please head there. But if you could just share with us one more time. Sure. It's uh, joycewellness.com. So J-O-Y-C-E wellness.com or um, at Joyce Wellness Group on Instagram are the best places. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest on the episode, on the podcast. Thank you for having me. So much fun. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And yeah. And we hope to see you soon uh, in your office when we get our session done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All, right. All right. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon, sisters. Bye-bye. See you next week. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.